Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. of Talking Metal. We have Michelangelo Badio here on the show tonight, and I love this guy. You know, I've been a fan of his since I was literally like 14 or 15 years old, going to see him play at the, the all-ages shows with his band Holland in the uh, in the club known as the Thirsty Whale in the Chicago suburbs back when I was a teenager. A lot of people, you know, think of me of this, as this New York, New Jersey guy, which is where I've spent a good portion of my life, but I, I had this part of my life when I was in seventh and eighth grade, I, I moved to the Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin area. And then after that, I, for f- four and a half years, moved down to the Chicago suburbs. And, um, even though I was only there, you know, four and a half years, it's such an important part of my life. I used to go see bands play. And one of those bands was, was Holland, which a uh, great band, Tommy Holland on vocals, Mike Badio, Michelangelo Badio on guitar, great stuff. And I followed Mike's career after that, after I moved to Jersey, I remember going down to see Nitro play in a club in, I think Germantown, uh, kind of a part of Philadelphia and always kind of followed his career. And I'm psyched to hear that Nitro is getting back together with one of my favorite, I guess, modern drummers, I'd call him, Chris Adler, who's been on the podcast numerous times and is just a great guy. So 
We will talk to Michael in just a bit. Right now, let's hit an email. All righty. This is uh, from Anthony. Hi, Mark. I'm listening to the podcast with the call from the guy about the website speed. I just checked it in Firefox, Mac OS 8, 10.6.8, Shiite web connection, and it loaded in no time at all. Very fast, almost instant. Keep up the good work. You do yourself a disservice by repeatedly talking about John's absence. The shows you do together are fun, and you should continue to do them when you can, but leave it at that, man. Emily's interviews are great. Cool. Yeah, Anthony, I think you're right. You know, and I, I was kind of burnt out on talking about John's absence, uh, but then I got that call and I, I felt a need to discuss it even more. But you're right. Enough has been said about that. And I love John. Just spoke with him. He's out on the road with Ace, always saying he wants to do more talking metal. And honestly, I, I hope he, he does. You know, I, I we got a, numerous things going on behind the scenes here we're trying to figure out. Uh, want to do some more exciting stuff for you with talking metal. Uh, yeah. So, so stay tuned. We'll see where it goes. I don't even know where this is going at this point. Um, and I, I'm loving it. I love hearing from people like Anthony sending an email and uh, Anthony, you're a hardcore talking metal head. Thanks for your support, dude. On that note, let's hear some of Eric Kluber's band. This guy has been on the podcast for years and years. He's been coming on. And uh, always love his music. This is Iron Odd on Talking Metal. Yeah. 
Little Fire Eater by Iron Knot. Thank you, Eric. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Iron Knot. Iron Knot, right? Iron Knot. Or is it Iron Knot? I think it's Iron Knot. Iron Knot. Eric told me it's like Astronaut. But do you say Astronaut or Astronaut? But all right. Iron Knot. Eric, thank you. Thank you for giving us so much music through the years. So many bands, so much great stuff. Such an underrated guitar player, Eric Kluber, going all the way back to the overloaded days. He's uh, been out in L.A. now for a number of years. Overloaded, of course, a Michigan band, but he's been out in L.A. now for a number of years doing his thing out there. And a lot of respect for people like that who do the music thing because it's not always an easy road. And a guy like that, he's an artist, man. He's doing it. He is doing it for a love of it. I mean, and uh, big props to that guy. Cool. All right. Big props to this guy, Michelangelo Badio. Love him. You know, I always play Holland music when he's on, and maybe we'll hit a Holland song later, but we got to play Nitro, right? I mean, and, and Nitro, a lot, a lot of great stuff from Nitro, but definitive Nitro right here, right? Freight Train. Let's check it out. Old school Nitro. And then we'll get into my interview with Michelangelo Badio. This is off the OFR record by Nitro, going way back to 1989. I saw him on this tour again. It was a, in a, a little club in the Philly area, believe it or not, because I was living in, in Trenton, uh, Princeton, actually, at the time. Pennington, between Princeton, Princeton and Trenton, New Jersey. I drove down to the Philly area to see Nitro play. Got in a car wreck on the way back, actually. Uh, yeah, those were the days. But the show was great, and... Always love seeing this song on the Headbangers Ball, too. Anyways, I'm rambling. Freight Train by Nitro from 1989, followed by my brand new interview with Michael Angelo Badio.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and checking in with us for, I believe, the third or fourth time here on the podcast is the one, the only, one of my favorite guitar players of all time, Michael Angelo Badio. How are you, Michael? Oh, I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks. So great to talk with you again, and I, I guess it was a little before, I don't know, a little before the new year. I I logged on I think to Blabbermouth or one of the the metal news sites and and there I saw something that just put the biggest smile on my face honestly I was so excited when I read this <laughs> Nitro yes. back back together and as an added bonus one of my favorite a guy who's been on Talking Metal probably three or four times also uh, Chris Adler one of my favorite modern drummers um, wow I I have to admit that I'm surprised i mean i didn't know that you guys were tight with chris chris adler i didn't know there was a connection where'd you guys meet him well we actually didn't neither one of us knew him jim gillette or i and we were we were at my house recording demos and writing songs and i have this really good drum software and and i'm i'm, I'm a really good drum programmer you know and it, and it gets the feel of the music when you can program you know a pretty cool beat and you know you get a good idea of what your song sounds like rather than just recording it to a click track or right so anyway we're i'm doing these kind of advanced level drums and jim goes up to me he goes who do you think we should get for drums and we're shaking our heads and he goes chris adler and I'm thinking, Lamb of God's drummer? And wow. neither one of us had ever met him. We didn't know him. And I, but I work with a publicist um, uh, named Suzanne Penley. Uh, her, her significant other is David Vincent from Morbid Angel. He's a super close friend of mine. Sure. And, and, so, and she works with Chris. So I called, I called Suzanne, and I told her, you know, we're interested in you know, getting Chris for the album. And it turns out Chris is a fan of mine. Wow. And so the whole thing just kind of all worked itself out. And, and Chris is a band member now. He, he's not leaving Lamb of God. But we have, you know, I, Jim and I both can have other things we can do when he's on the road with them. But he's a member of Nitro now. And uh, he's absolutely fantastic. He's, he's my favorite metal drummer. The guy, I just love the way he plays. Uh, right. I mean, there's not many people who just, when you listen to drums, you know who it is. And he's one of those. He, he's just got a very distinct style, and he can play anything. Yeah, and of course, he played on a lot of people's favorite, one of their favorite records of last year, which was the new Megadeth record. Chris was, was on that and sounded mm -hmm. just awesome on that. You know, I, I I never read this anywhere, but I kind of assumed that when... He stopped playing with Megadeth. I was like, well, he must not have any time for anything other than Lamb of God. And I, again, I never read that anywhere. That was just my own assumption. Uh, so mm -hmm. it kind of surprised me, you, you know, that you know here he is joining Nitro, and he does have time for for some other music besides Lamb of God. He's super busy, and yeah. you know, one, one of the bonuses that came with with Chris is that he's worked with a producer named Josh Wilbur since, uh, you know, for the last 10 years, since Redneck. And so he's put, you know, Josh has produced every, every Lamb of God album. He mixed the latest Megadeth album. And so Chris said, you know, he'd really like to bring Josh on board. And so, you know, we spoke with, spoke with Josh. So Josh is the producer of the new album. And man, is it sounding great. Cool. It's, it's sounding incredible. Now, you know, you guys had... Of course, OFR back in in 1989. And then uh, there was the mm -hmm. uh, 
the hot, hot wet dripping, dripping with sweat yeah. record in 1991. And, you know, th- those did have aggressive metal sounds on them, but at times there were softer, more commercial, hooky metal things going mm-hmm. on on those records. Wh- what do you think, or, I mean, well, you probably already know, what is the direction of, of this new music that Nitro is putting together? Is it is it a nod to the past? Is it is it more modern or a little of both? Well, I, you know, I'm, I mean, my career has not stopped since Nitro. You know, I've done 12 solo albums, and, you know, my skills are still really right on. And, and, and I, you know, not, I, I think the rays are sharp still. And so what we decided to do, Jim is, you know, he's a, uh, Jim Gillette is a five-time mixed martial arts champion now. Right. He is just a walking death machine. But he's, all, you know, he's an athlete, but also he was a vocal teacher. And, and what I'm getting to is he really didn't go on tour. You know, he's done very well for himself outside of music, and he didn't go on tour and blow out his voice. And he knows how to sing. So, um, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, he sounds, the timbre of his voice sounds just like it did on OFR. Wow. And, but we're, we're, it, there's something radically different. When we did the first Nitro, especially the first Nitro album, we didn't have a producer. Uh, the label wanted to make it sonically abrasive. They told me to play, only to play fast. They wanted the highest, fastest, and the loudest. We kind of, they had an idea of this band that's so over the top, we happened to fit the bill. And, and they, they kind of pushed us in that direction, and we yeah. really didn't get the record we wanted. And, and so this time around, I, I would say if, if we, we nod to the past in only one way, that Jim is a singer first. He's not trying to sing in the stratosphere anymore. We have an A-list producer right. that's going to make sure that everything is in. He's also, Jim's got a, also a great death metal voice that he didn't have back then. Okay. And so he's going to be singing. There's going to be super heavy death sounds. Um, Chris is Chris. Um, I, one of the things that I mean, you because we know each other, and you know my past, Ben Howard, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, before this, people don't know me as a songwriter, when in fact, I am. And, and this is the thing that I love about working with Josh Wilbur. I'm, I'm putting you know the, some of the music together. You know, Jim will hum riffs to me, and you know, it's a total collaboration, but Josh likes the, the way I put together music. And then he slices and dices it and, and arranges it. And, and so I, I've, to categorize what we're doing, if you think part Lamb of God, a very small part, uh, not a to the past, only that Jim is singing first before right. he screams, and the music is super, super aggressive. I'm, okay. I'm using all seven strings on the guitar. It is, it's mean. <laughs> it's <Wow>. really mean. <laughs> okay, awesome. And, and there's, there's no ballads on this album. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And and when do you think we might actually get a release from you guys? Well, we're we're going to release it uh, this spring. And we're trying to get a song or two out before so people can hear it. And and we've got a lot of interest. Uh, You know, we've already had, you know, multiple people trying to book us and labels trying to sign us. And, you know, we're, and it's not to sound arrogant, but one of the, uh, and I don't mean, you know, saying we've got all these great things. That's what I mean about not sounding arrogant. But the one thing that I think is so interesting to people and why there's a buzz is that we this is not the 10th version of Nitro. Right. Nobody, neither Jim or myself, have ever done a show uh, outside of Nitro calling it Nitro or doing anything remotely like it. So it's really 
um, it's almost like we get we're getting a second chance, and okay. it's uh, to to really do the record that we want, and it's exciting. Yeah, no, I'm 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 thrilled, and like I said, uh, I think I told you before. I don't know if I said it in the interview or before we started recording. I had a big smile on my face when I heard about this. It's <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's really great, and I mean, Lamb of God is is such a, a modern metal, you know, sensation, and and the, such a great band, and it, it's just great that Chris would be able to, uh, you know, spend some time with you guys in relaunching Nitro. It's very, very exciting. Um, you know, Thanks. Ba- back back in the day, I think a number of years back, probably seven, eight years ago at this point, you, you said something in the press about, you know, Jim not wanting to do any of the old songs, and, and you weren't really interested in, in redoing Nitro unless unless you could, you know, play some of those old songs. Do you... Do you think if you're going to be going out playing live we're going to hear some of the old nit- nitro classics yeah we will yeah you will okay. i think both jim and i have you know at at that point in time i was so involved in my solo career and, and jim was involved in, in his you know life and raising his kids and and all the things that he had going on i, I think after a while that the timing just was right for this Mm-hmm. And you know, I and like I said earlier, I've done a lot, a lot of solo albums, twelve of them, and I just got there were just it seemed like for um, well this year for the first time, I asked Jim if I could play if I you know if he wouldn't mind if I played some Nitro songs, and I did a tour of Europe actually last year, and we did about thirty thirty five cities, and I had a great female singer that was on the voice in Italy, and she could she could hit some of those notes I mean she was a soprano singer, right. like Jim was a you know a male soprano singer and a coloratura right soprano and so but what happened was you know she 's a great singer, but I was getting a lot of nitro fans coming to the show saying you know she 's really good, but it just doesn 't sound like nitro. With, with with the way she sings it, you know, only Jim can sing this stuff. And I started thinking to myself, you know, why am I? It's almost like I'm doing covers of my own songs, and, and, and you know, and not mine, but mine and Jim's. And and I just started thinking about it, and I said, you know, why don't I ask him? Right. Let's, and I was offered a record deal at the time, and 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 they wanted it. They were interested in Nitro, so I talked to Jim. And what what happened was it exploded so fast. Once we got Chris, then we got Josh. Right. The, the whole game changed. I mean, everything changed. And I, I wish we could announce our bass player, but it's it's equally as cool and shocking okay. All right. as, as Chris. Okay, because that, that's I have a list of questions right here, and, and that's one of the questions: who's the bass player? But if you're not ready yeah, to I announce can't it, say it okay. yet. I, I wish I could, but I can't. Oh. Uh, you think it's a name that we'll know, or? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. Grammy award winning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right, all right. Enough. We, uh, you know, I can't wait to hear hear that. Please, uh, please let me know when the press release is going out on that. I, I have to. I have to know. Cool. And and so we're looking at the spring. You, you're talking with different labels at this point. Well, you know, we're we're not as interested in a record deal at this point. Um, what we're really interested in, first of all, is just get the best music that we can and put out the greatest record that we can and then start working on the show. And, and, you know, we've already got offers uh, to to go on the road and Chris is going to do some stuff with Lamb of God and and Jim and I also uh, are going to be doing a duo 
too. That uh, okay. you know, kind of like the way I do my solo show. Only Jim and I will do it. We'll have background screens and play plays you know a bunch of nitro songs, and so everybody's going to be really busy. Okay. But um, it, as far as a record company and and. It's got to be something good. I mean, I've been signed to two major labels. Uh, I've been signed to indie labels. Um, I had I had my own record company for many years. They, it's not something that we're actively seeking unless it's really good. Right. And okay. because as long as the record is great, and we have a very good publicist, she's great. Um, we know how to get things out. And yeah. and, and the main thing is it's, it generates shows, and that's really really what we're looking at. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying we're not going to sign, but right. we, it, it just has to be really good. Okay. Sounds good. And, uh, you know, I, I never trust Wikipedia 100%. So I wanted to ask you about this. On the on the Wikipedia page for, for Nitro, it says that there is a 2017 single uh, listed for you guys. And is this, is this true? Cheer, cheer up kudo or kudo? No, what no. Ha- I, I, you know, it's funny. You, um, I was getting messages about that on my social media okay. and I went there and looked, um, somebody put that up, but it was deleted by Wikipedia. That's not true. Okay. That's good. nothing. Has, yeah. I think, no. I don't know. That's, uh, um, something, whatever they call false news now, or yeah, yeah, or, uh, fake post, news. yeah, yeah, yeah post truth or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not, it's not true. Yeah, the alternative truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not good to know, and and that's why I asked because Wikipedia is is known for. I mean, anybody can go on there and write anything. So uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's kind of scary. They have that much power. So when when might we hear a, a song again? We're trying to release uh, one to three songs. Uh, it should be coming out in March. They should okay. be coming out in March. All right, good. Good, cool. And I know you were just out at, at NAM, right? Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was going on out there? Well, I I'm uh, I endorse several uh, great companies, Dean Guitars, DV Mark Amps, and I also, uh, with Neil Turbin, he was the original singer in Anthrax, uh, Fistful of Metal. Um, we've been doing uh, a jam, like a celebrity jam for the last 10 years. So we started at the Whiskey in Hollywood, and it's all coinciding. It's, you know, we usually have it on Wednesday, the day before the, the first day of NAM, And we moved it uh, to Orange County. And this year we annexed with uh, Brian Tishy. And and his production of he has three shows. One day's a tribute to Rush, next day's a tribute to Randy Rhodes, the next day is a tribute to John Bonham. And so we we annexed our jam with the with the tribute to Rush and did it at a beautiful theater called the Yost Theater. So that was on Wednesday night. And we had fifty different performers. And we got them all in in three hours. And then Thursday night I played the Randy Rhodes uh, Remembered concert, and Brian right. Tishy was on drums. Uh, um, we had uh, Phil on bass that that played with Ozzy Osbourne. Phil Susan, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had Chaz West singing; he's amazing. And, and uh, we we did that song, No Bone Movies. It was totally right. cool. Oh, <laughs> I've awesome. never played that song before. You know, I didn't really. You know, it's not one of Ozzy's uh, biggest biggest songs, but I loved it. And yeah. and Brian gave me a list of songs to do, and I could have done ones that were more well known, but I thought let's tackle this one, and it came out great. But uh, then in addition to that, you know, I did autograph signings, and I have new signature guitars, new pedals, you know, all the the signature stuff. So it was a really busy NAM, and I loved every second of it. Cool. And you know, you know, it's one. Of, speaking of your products, I, I, I 
I'm thinking of buying the the string dampener, the the Michelangelo Badio string damper. Uh, mm-hmm. Can can you talk a little bit about that and what it actually does? Because you know I'm obviously not the virtuoso that you are or anything, but I I really think that that could be a, a piece of equipment that even you know a, a intermediate guitar player like myself could could benefit from because I, I love the fact that I could even do like Angus Young style hammer-ons and pull-offs and it's and I'm if if I'm sloppy and I hit one of those other strings you're not going to hear it you know mm-hmm. well the idea uh for the dampener for me started when I was watching a Dio concert a okay. long long time ago in the 80s right. and I, I remember uh so you know the guitarist rapping like putting like a bandana around this guitar to dampen the strings. And I thought there's got to be something better than that. And so what I did was I did some research and I found, uh, I got this idea for a string dampener and I use piano dampening felt. And what it does is it stops the unwanted string noise right. for tapping. And, you know, in the studio, a lot of people will wrap handkerchiefs around their sure. uh, yep. guitar, you know, it makes it cleaner. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a well-known technique and, and, uh, you know, you can't do it live, but especially for tapping or if you're playing really rapid fire riffs, you put that down and it just blocks it all out. And you can put it down on the first fret or you can move it all the way up to the top of the second. It will block the strings all the way down the neck. And the cool thing about it is you don't have to drill into your guitar. And when you're done playing it, you just lift it and put it out of the way. And and as you've seen, I've got two of them on my double guitar. and, And in the studio when I'm recording, they're always on. And Always. so what is it, clamp around the back of of the headstock then? Is that how it works? Yeah, there's there's two thumb screws and, and I have a patent on it. It's my patent. And, and uh, we just had a we just renewed it for the next ten years. And, and they're available now from a company called Chromacast for like nineteen ninety eight. Right. And, and uh it's you know very reasonably priced. But yeah, what they do is it's kind of uh it's like an like a it's looks like like a U except it's, you know, kind of, you know, square, it's, you know, angular. And what you do is you slide it under the strings and then you just put one thumb screw on the top, one on the bottom, takes a few minutes, you know, it goes over the truss rod of the guitar and it's behind the nut and, and before the tuning keys, put it on, done, finito. (laughs) And then you play. Yeah. Really unique, great piece of equipment. And uh, we'll, we'll link it through today's show notes on, on TalkingMetal.com, as well as your website, which is Angelo.com, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, you know, there's so many people that, that are fans of yours that, that I'm always kind of surprised to hear about and, and happy to hear about. Chris Adler, you, you mentioned as, as being one of them. But, uh, you know, I, I loved the story about hearing about Dimebag, who was didn't actually take personal lessons one on one with you but didn't he stu- didn't he tell you he studied your, yeah, your instructional he, video he studied my video right. you know one of the things and and you know i i you know i've had a great career and it's it's i mean this year's amazing too i mean i'm you know already booked to go to russia europe i mean it's all it's oh, everything's awesome. rocket and, and uh but one of the things that's been the most fulfilling for me is that I'm, and I don't know if I can say it humbly or not, but right. this is what happened. I released groundbreaking instructional videos. I mean, I've been playing my whole life. 
not many people tour more than me or, or uh, and, and fly more than me that are that are in music, and I've never been hurt. But my techniques um, are based on I, I looked at classical piano. Um, I did the very first shred instructional video ever, ever, right. and, and so and people like Paul Gilbert, they, theirs all came after mine. And any, even some riffs that he's known for, this thing called the gargoyle riff, it's all on my first instructional video. Yeah. And I don't know why he got known for them, but it's on mine. And, and the dates are the dates. I mean, the facts are the facts. But what's happened is, over the years, I released two iconic ones. One was called a Starlix video. That's what, what Dimes studied. Yeah. And then the second was called Speed Kills. And and so many famous guitarists, um, John Petrucci um, studied uh my my Starlux video Dimebag, uh, it, it was um, Michael Romeo from Symphony X. I was uh, hanging out with Herman Lee uh, at at uh, the Nam show. He studied Speed Kills. Wow. Corey from Trivium studied Speed Kills, and it, it just it's amazing how many famous players have used my techniques. And you know there there are people like Eddie Van Halen that obviously have changed the way guitars played from a commercial standpoint. But what I was able to do is change the way guitars play from a technical standpoint. Right. And that's, and that's, something that, I mean, things that I taught on these videos are taught in curriculums all over the world. And I know people know speed kills that, that play guitar. I went to China recently and I have a, a, a great thing. I, I, I talk about speed and technique and I, and I say in the video, I'm going to give you the keys to the Lamborghini. Right. And just that phrase alone, I hear it all the time. Yeah. And, you know, Brazil, Kiko, uh, you know, he told me he studied my Starlix video. Even Joe Bonamassa has seen my stuff. Ted Nugent told me he was he didn't study it, but he said he was watching my Starlix video. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. And, yeah. and I'm honored and I'm uh, great. I bought that Starlix video back in the day. It was a VHS and it had a little book uh, that came with it. And I, I used to practice and play the exercises and i don't have the vhs anymore but i actually still do have the book that came with it so it's uh it was a great video and is that available online anywhere yes i bought the rights back from hal leonard and oh, so okay. i own it and and yeah, there's a company called Metal Method that that still has speak hills they're the ones selling it now but the, the great thing about back then and uh, about that video is that there w there was no software uh, that you could do tablature. Right. It all had to be handwritten. And Wolf Marshall, who's a really great guitarist, he's, he's done sure. a lot of uh, you know things with guitar. Uh, he was the one who transcribed all the riffs. I didn't need Wolf to do that. I did it myself because I have a degree in music. I, I transcribed my own booklet, and I was the only artist that could even do it. Wow. A, and uh, it was pretty cool. And Wolf helped me only, you know, to make sure, in in a sense, you know, how it was going to be printed. So, but he was a great help on it. And uh, but I actually uh, transcribed and notated it myself. Very cool. Well, it's always great talking with you, Michael. And uh, how far into the record are you right now? Are you still recording in the writing stages? You've you done recording? Where where are where, where are we at? Well, we've we've recorded three songs so far, and and uh, Josh, the the producer, he was moving into a new house. You know, just some of the the personal rock and roll stuff. So we recorded three songs uh, before Christmas. And then um, we're finishing them up now. Then we're going to go back in, in the studio and record the rest of, of the record. Okay. And so, so we're doing it in stages, but it will be out this spring. I mean, I'm, in fact, I was working on it earlier today, and just everybody's got their part. 
and and awesome. and so the writing's pretty much done, uh, but the way Josh works. It's really incredible and inspirational to have a Grammy Award-winning producer listen to your music and say, okay, yeah, this is great, this is cool, okay, we're going to do this, this, and we just let him run with it. You know, we give him finished demos of, of how we hear the music, and he takes it, he just bumps it up to a whole other level. Awesome. It's just incredible. Cool. Well, I can't wait to hear who this bass player is. I'm excited for that news. When do you think we'll hear? Uh, it should be pretty soon. Soon. Really okay. soon. All right. Very good. Always great talking with you, Mike. Thanks so much for checking in with us. Oh, thanks, Mark. Wake up the neighbor 
a little old school Holland here on Talking Metal. That one was called Wake Up the Neighborhood off the uh, Little Monsters record. Yeah, I remember seeing Holland like tons and tons of times with uh, Michelangelo Beto, usually at a club called the Thirsty Whale. I believe I saw him a couple other places, though, too. And then Michael left to go to L.A., and the band continued, and I did see one show with them, with the guy who replaced Michael. I can't remember his name. And I thought they released like a, a cassette or, or maybe a, an independent record with that guy. But I, I guess I'm wrong because there's no record of that anywhere online. Um, and I don't know who that guy was. And I remember, you know, I kind of felt bad for the guy because Michael was always such a monster player and hear this guy he had all these kids just like michelangelo badio fans like myself just staring him down saying eh, he's good but not as good as michael you know so i'm sure whoever he was it had to be a lot of pressure but uh yeah those are the days man holland and these are the days nitro with freaking chris adler oh wow very exciting news and a big thanks to michael for speaking with us here on the podcast Give me a call, guys. I know you guys are listening and you have your cell phone right there. Right now, pick up the freaking phone and dial me and leave me a message. All right? We got the hotline opened. It is voicemail. And what I do is then I play it on a future episode and comment on it. All right? So the um, I don't have the – I'm typing it up right now because I don't have the number memorized. But uh, let's see here. It's always listed in the show notes on TalkingMetal.com. See, it's weird. Now I'm at TalkingMetal.com, and it's like a slow load time. So I do believe there are some issues with the load time, and I actually do have somebody working on that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still freaking loading. What the fuck? So I do think there are issues with the load time, but I'm glad that it works. Because, it, you know, it's weird. It works for me sometimes, Anthony, and other times it's it's slow. But anyways, go to the site. We're getting things fixed. We're getting things updated. And uh, check it out. We got Mitch Lafon's show up there, Metal Raps, and, of course, Talking Metal. And, again, that hotline is 973-757-1917. Call me right now. 973-757-1917. Again, that's listed in the show notes. Use our Amazon links. Leave me a PayPal donation. Write a review on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. It's Talking Metal uh, is the Instagram page. And uh, listen to our show, man. Cool. Spread the word. Love you guys. Thank you. I'll talk to you next time. And let's finish up right now with a little Nitro. This is I Want You. Off the hot, wet dripping with sweat record. <laughs> 